0: Hi, I'm Esau Kwonga. And I'm Ryan Hunt. And we co-host Stadio, a football podcast, on the Ring of Podcast Network. If you like soccer or football, make sure you search for Stadio, a football podcast, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's Feud, Capote vs. the Swans. The second installment in Ryan Murphy's Feud anthology tells the story of acclaimed writer Truman Capote, once a confidant to society's most elite women, whom he nicknamed the Swans. Starring Naomi Watts, Diane Lane, Chloe Sevigny, Calista Flockhart, Demi Moore, Molly Ringwald, and Tom Hollander. For your Emmy consideration, visit fxnetworks.com slash FYC.
2: This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details.
1: It is Monday, February 5th. The Grammys were last night, of course. I was there, thought it was a great show. Ben Winston, friend of the town, did a nice job producing. Tracy Chapman with Luke Combs was the highlight for me new Billy Joel song is actually pretty great. Miley Cyrus, National Treasure. The ratings for the show were good. 16.9 million viewers on CBS. That's up 34% from last year and the biggest since COVID. Not bad. But as far as the winners go, it was a big night for Taylor Swift. Album of the year for Midnight's. Billie Eilish won Song of the Year for the Barbie movie song. Miley won record for Flowers. And Victoria Monet got Best New Artist. Those are the top four. Grammy week is a good time to do a music business check-in, and in general, things are pretty good. The latest recording industry data for 2023 showed the ninth consecutive year of growth. Paid subscriptions remain the strongest driver of revenue, of course. Both Apple and Spotify have raised their prices recently. It doesn't mean all is great, though. There's a constant fight for artists to make more from streaming. Services like Spotify are struggling to be profitable. And while the live music business is doing great post-COVID, it's really top-heavy. The biggest acts doing better than ever, but the middle and bottom often struggling. Lots of these business issues were actually on display at the show last night, from the Taylor Swift of it all, to the dominance of the legacy acts that were performing. Even the TikTok versus universal music battle got a shout out. We talked about that on Friday's show. So today we're going to get into it with our usual Monday guy, Lucas Shaw. By the way, Lucas and I are doing a live recording of The Town this Saturday in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, if you're interested. That should be fun. I've got more details in my Puck newsletter. You can check that out. But today, no call sheet. It's all Grammys and the five major music business issues that were on display during the show. From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right. We are here with Lucas Shaw from Bloomberg. You are back again. How was your Grammy weekend? It was admittedly a little
0: bit of a downer for me. I've been having neck problems. So I had to bail (laughs) on some of the events that I would normally go to. And I thought I'm old. (laughs) But, uh, that aside, I thought it was a really good show last night.
1: Yeah. I met Billy Joel this weekend at an agency party. That was a thrill for me. He was lovely. And, uh, I thought the show was pretty good. I I liked it. The, uh, catastrophic wind and rain before and after the show. Not great. But uh, yeah, overall, I thought they did a nice job. Like, all you want out of the Grammys are some memorable moments. That Tracy Chapman was amazing. Um, I thought that, you know, Miley Cyrus doing her thing was fun. Um, Some of the winners. The Recording Academy has to be happy with these winners, right? I mean, it's a nice mix. All women on the top categories. And they got their Queen, Taylor Swift, Album of the Year and then a nice upcoming star for Best New Artist and Victoria Monet.
0: Personally, I would not have wanted Taylor to win Album of the Year because I just didn't think it was the Best Album of the Year. But if you are the Recording Academy and you look at it, you had Taylor Swift, who was undeniably the biggest star in the world last year, is the biggest star in the world, wins Album of the Year, sort of a fitting coda to to her great 2023. Coda? But, it's just beginning. But do, to, <laughs> But doesn't sweep the awards. You get right. Miley Cyrus recognized. You get the random Billie Eilish love, which probably should have gone to Olivia Rodrigo. And then you get a good new star in Victoria Monet and important for the recording Academy. It, they at least got one person of color up on the stage for those four big ones. Cause they, they tend to screw up there. They do.
1: And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the five music business issues that were on display at the Grammys. This is not a pod about who wore what, there are tens of other pods doing that. We're going to talk about the business issues. And I guess we should start with the Taylor issue. What did you think of her dropping the album release date news during her speech? Cause I have a take. Look, Taylor Swift is
0: the world's greatest capitalist. Like forget about Elon Musk, forget about Bill Gates, forget about, <laughs> forget about Steve jobs, the Google guys, all of it, Larry Ellison, you name it. She's amazing. And I look, I personally thought it wasn't the greatest move. Like you've just won an award and you want to use that to promote yourself even more. I thought her speech for album of the year was like a total mess, but I really can't knock the hustle. You know, she's, oh, I can,
1: if you do, I'm sure you
0: just, if you do the math, she, if you count the re-recordings and new albums, this will be her eighth album in the last less than four years. That's insane. While putting on, while putting on the biggest concert tour in music industry history
1: that part of it I respect and I love that she's so prolific and obviously she is a force of nature but you talk about her being a great capitalist she has also always been a master manipulator and guider of her own image and I think this was a rare misstep last night I mean she's getting dragged on social media for snubbing Celine Dion and you know taking the Grammy from her without hugging her or whatever that that's just noise but Announcing the album during her speech, it just felt tacky. I mean, you could feel it in the room. Like nobody was really clapping except for the section of the Swifties that were going nuts. And they panned to the stars and nobody was really into it. It was sort of like, oh, okay. And it just felt like this is somebody who needs that stage for promotion the least of anyone in that room. She's the biggest music star on the planet right now. Like, give it a rest. Acknowledge the honor. Don't use it to pimp your next album, which could have been done after you get off stage with a social media post. Yeah, or use it
0: to spotlight some people who need the attention. I have two things on that. One is she is a master manipulator, but her whole like aw shucks thing, like the shock when she wins. I know. It's total horseshit. Come on, you've you've just set a record for winning Album of the Year the most time of any artist ever. You are surprised that you won? No, you're not.
1: That worked in 2010 when she was the girl from Nashville. It doesn't work when you have a $2 billion tour.
0: I'd be curious how her fan, because the social media noise is just that. Like she immediately pivots to like, well, I want to say that this Recording Academy recognition is really a reflection of the fan, which on the one hand, is not true because the Recording <laughs> Academy is made up of industry professionals.
1: But yeah, they wrote it for uh, John Batiste two
0: years ago. That is very effective, sort of like catnip for that. Like her whole mo, everything she says is it's about the fans. It's about yeah. the fans. It's about the fans, and that's what the fans do want to hear. So I, it would be, it would be fun to have on like three Taylor Swift fans and see what their response is to how she uses
1: that moment. I talked to someone who was backstage and. The Taylor camp knew immediately it was a misstep. And they were scrambling backstage to get a photo of Taylor with Celine Dion, which they promptly put out. And that was damage control for the Celine moment. But I don't know if it was planned or whether she just did it on stage. It seemed like it was all planned. The
0: Celine moment because Taylor should have recognized Celine, yes. and yeah,
1: I mean, this is someone who you know is, has, has been ailing in recent years. Is an industry legend. You know, people are comparing her to what Adele did in 2017, where she sort of bowed before her and gave her a big hug. Traditionally, you know, the PR people will say when you go on stage, make sure you acknowledge the person who is giving you the right. award, or what I Miley mean, Cyrus did with Mariah Carey. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, was a little, that was a bit much. Well, her speech made
0: almost no sense, but she it was all about how great Mariah Carey is,
1: <laughs> which is endearing. And like Taylor typically knows better than to just grab the award and try to summon her pals to, you know, celebrate their big win, bringing Lana Del Rey up there. Really weird moves like the well, person she's you on just- the album. Yeah, but she
0: also was competing for the award. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. You can tell that Lana Del Rey didn't really want to go upstage, but, uh, but whatever. I just feel like this is a blip. I don't think this will be something that that trails her, but it's a little bit of a kind of like, really? Like, you're, you know, you're already everywhere and you're going to force feed us an, an album announcement during your speech. Like, I think that she takes a little hit. She takes a withdrawal from the Taylor Bank it's not a, it's not, she's not putting a deposit in. She's taking a withdrawal.
0: So she goes from having $1.3 billion to $1.1 billion. That's I like, don't I even don't... know if it's
1: financial. <laughs> and obviously, and then obviously next weekend, we're going to be talking about her all over again with the Super Bowl. So it'll probably pass. And you know what? She has four album of the year Grammys and nobody else does. So she's winning and nobody else is. All right, let's move on to the second big music business issue on display at the Grammys the UMG TikTok war. We had a quote from Trevor Noah during the opening at a joke said, shame on you, TikTok, for ripping off artists. That's Spotify's job. Decent joke. But uh, it did show that people were talking about this. You wrote about this in your newsletter. We did a pod about this on Friday. I'm curious what your thoughts are on UMG versus TikTok and who will ultimately blink first.
0: I was most surprised, not by the Trevor Noah comment, but did you see what Jack Antonoff said in the press room afterwards? No. He sort of said, like, UMG, you should have let us know, which I was surprised by, just because huh. most of those artists, I think, are going li- to not touch that issue if they can avoid it. Like, a lot of the people, there have been DJs who've come out and said something, Noah Kahan, your guy, has come out and Love posted him. about it a little bit, but... You're not going to see, at least I would be surprised if you did like Taylor Swift weighing in on it or Ariana Grande weighing in it. You don't think so? It.
1: Maybe they will. My take is I think people like Taylor and Ariana are pro-UMG on this because they're always artists first. They want the most money for themselves and other artists, and they are able to take that hit of not getting the promotion on TikTok. It's the smaller artists like Noah Khan and the you know we, the guy we talked about on the show Friday.
0: I think it depends. Like Ariana Grande has new music coming out this year. Right. Yeah. She's going to be pretty pissed off if she can't use TikTok to market her new album. I mentioned both these in my newsletter. Gwen Stefani is going to be putting out new music this year. Also, also a big UMG artist. Ariana Grande might not need TikTok. Gwen Stefani probably does
1: need TikTok. And that, that would be her. I don't know who's going to blink first. I talked to people this weekend. I was asking everybody at the party. I went to Clive Davis on Saturday and they say, these were big executives. They think this is going to drag on for a while. I agree. You don't do that if you're UMG to settle
0: in like two weeks. You do that knowing that you're digging in your heels for a long fight to get what you want. When Warner Music went off YouTube, granted, this was 15 years ago, that was nine months. And Universal's whole posture is we'll be fine if we never go back, which they'll go back, but it could be a while. On TikTok, they can use this time to experiment. They've got music from Sony and Warner granted because of publishing, they're going to lose a lot of that That's too.
1: That's the key thing. And we talked about this a little on Friday that the publishing through Universal when they start pulling that stuff, I mean, that is tons of artists that are on other labels but use Universal for publishing.
0: Yeah, or songwriting. Like the th- the weird thing about songwriting is you'll have someone who's got like 5 or 10% of a track, but if they can't have it up then the whole song has to come down. So you could have a songwriter you've never heard of but they've written on a big Sony artist or like there's a Dua Lipa yeah. works for Warner. I haven't looked at all the people that she works with but there could be songwriters on her new album where that music then can't right. be on TikTok or
1: one of the 40 songwriters on a Beyoncé track.
0: Yes, <laughs> Beyoncé being a Sony artist. Right. To me this is a fascinating kind of test of wills and of power between two of the biggest forces in the music industry. There was a test that TikTok did in Australia where they saw what it would mean to not have as much major label music. The label perspective on it and the, a lot of the data suggested that TikTok took a little bit of a hit, but TikTok's posture was that they didn't. So they're probably digging in their heels. I'd be curious if, if they come to the table with more money, but don't compromise on some of the AI stuff that Universal claims to care about. If the money alone will get a deal done or if TikTok's going to have to change its policies on, on the way it uses some of these tools.
1: Hmm. I don't think the AI stuff is the real issue. I think it's money. I tend to agree. <laughs> I mean, they, they're just looking at the money they're bringing in from TikTok and comparing it to other platforms like the meta platforms or Spotify and Apple. Like it's just, it's pennies. So why not dig in your heels on something that is sacrificable? It's not a catastrophic event to be off TikTok, like it would be on some of these other platforms.
0: Well, not financially. No. We w- but the big question, we will see if it means anything for promotion. Like, will yeah. UMG artists slip down the charts because they can't use TikTok in the same
1: Yeah, and I'm sure there will be tons of attention on that. If the Ariana album doesn't chart, then TikTok has a huge leverage point.
2: This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere, get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All
1: right. Let's go to the third thing that was on display last night at the Grammys. And I think it really is the the legacy artists, and the shifting demos of music consumption. We saw it with Tracy Chapman, Joni Mitchell, Annie Lennox, Billy Joel. The Grammys have always celebrated older artists, and obviously the people who watch the Grammys on CBS in particular are older. But it struck me, performance after performance, that these are often stars of the streaming services now, because 70% or so of music consumption is now catalog legacy artists, gives them a lot of power. I mean, Tracy Chapman shot to number one on iTunes after her performance. That's, a, imagine, co- that's a
0: cover, though. That's because Luke Combs, who's one of the rising know, stars but, of the country. I know, but that cover's
1: been out for how long? And last night, it was at number one. And the streaming numbers today on Tracy Chapman are probably going to be gigantic. Do you think that what we saw last night is indicative of the power shift in what kind of music is consumed in streaming? Cause it used to be that young artists drove the music business that, yeah, the legacy catalog stuff was fine, but the young new talent was the, was what was driving consumption on streaming. Now it seems like the power sh- has shifted to these legacy catalog artists.
0: I guess I feel like you're conflating a couple things. You're right that the power has shifted or the revenue has shifted to the legacy artists. Legacy artists have always, or for the most part, have often toured better, which is where people make a lot of oh, money. Oh, yeah, of course. But like, friggin producer Craig is listening to ABBA all day. Consumption has always favored catalog in older music. It's just that because of streaming, you now get paid for it instead of you buy a CD and you can't track it ever again.
1: Right. And you, you're listening to your 30-year-old album that you still have. Now you track it because you're still listening and you get the streams. The Grammys have
0: always celebrated the old i mean i was having a conversation with with a friend over the weekend and they were sort of lamenting that you know it used to be artists who are in like their 20s and 30s never thought they would win grammy's because you had to get to like your 40s in order to start winning these awards because they would give it to the heritage acts
1: that has totally changed as they yeah the winners are now young body. and current like they've done a great job of that
0: the thing that was actually most surprising when you talked about who was performing is you didn't have a lot of brand new stars. You had legacy artists, which have always sort of been a part of the show. And then you have sort of like the beloved current big stars, your Billie Eilish's, your Dua Lipa's, but you didn't have really a brand new artist. Like did any of the best new artist nominees perform at the show? They did not.
1: I don't think they did. I think that's That's because they don't, but they don't want to favor any one of them, I think. Like they don't want to put Ice Spice up there and then have you know the Noah Khan camp be upset about that. They had the Nigerian guy. Was he a Best New Artist nominee? No, Burna Boy's been around for a while. Okay, yeah. so no, they did not have any of those. They had a previous winner. They had Olivia Rodrigo who won two years ago, but they and did got not... shut out. She did get shut out, uh, which uh, that's a tragedy. That album is great. Uh, I'm sad she didn't win anything on the show. But you know what, like. I think that they're catering to their audience. The linear television audience for the Grammys is older. Like, they're going to stay up for Billy Joel. They're not staying up for Victoria Monet. Yeah,
0: most of those Best New Artists are not household names.
1: And if it takes that, like, I don't care about that if they don't invite them to perform. I'd much rather have the Grammys be relevant and current in getting a good crop of Best New Artists. Like, there are some really good artists in that group. Like, Jelly Roll is a good artist. Like, Victoria Monet is good. Noah, as I've mentioned, like there there are some actual good artists in that group. All right. Number four is I think the the decline of hip hop on the show, on the Grammys, and some of the comments that emerge from the show and after the show. Jay Z obviously getting that that Doctor Dre award, which is that a new award? I'd never heard of that before.
0: Yeah, it's sort of a made up award. It's another right. It, it feels a little bit like a, you know, a way, the equivalent of what the, the film and TV show awards have for just like honoring a a famous legacy
1: person. Yes. Um, so, and, and, and a way to make up for maybe not giving them as many awards in the past. So yeah, Jay Z got up there on stage. He called out the Grammys for not giving Beyonce more awards. He said, even by your own metrics, that doesn't work. Think about that. The most Grammys never won album of the year. That doesn't work what he said about Beyonce, Uh, which pretty good point. I thought his speech was great. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) very good point. Uh, (laughs) Then after the show, Drake, who famously does not like the Grammys, been nominated a ton of time, uh, has only won a few, not in, in the major categories. He said, congrats to anybody winning anything for hip hop, but this show doesn't dictate shit in our world. So that's Drake crapping on the Grammys, but it does indicate an interesting business issue. There was only one rap performance by my count on the show, and it was Travis Scott for his uh, bizarre performance where he smashes guitars.
0: It was not the most well-received of the night's performances. No. I believe the New York Times labeled it as one of the worst moments
1: of the show. So. Oh, okay. So there was that, and there was not a lot of rap representation on the show, unless you count the Afrobeats guy. And I think that is indicative of where hip-hop is right now in the music business. Do you agree? Yeah, there's been a big debate over the last couple of years, because like hip hop and
0: R&B have been sort of the, the dominant genres in music, you could argue for two or three decades now, right? Basically, ever since it comes onto the scene in the early to mid 90s, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then based on the, some of the different measurements, it becomes the most listened to genre. It still is, although it involves combining hip hop and R&B, which I always find kind of weird. But It's share, I think, has started to dip over the last couple of years. And there's been, there's been a lot of talk in the music business more broadly about the inability to launch and create new stars. But it's been a particularly acute problem, I would say, in hip hop and R&B, because you think of, or hip hop in particular, I'd say, you look at a lot of the biggest stars and there's still the stars of like, Five or ten years ago, right? It's the it's the Drake, it's the Kendrick. You know, you do you have Twenty One Savage with a new album that's getting some attention. Travis Scott, kind of new, but at this point, not really. Like there wasn't, there haven't been a lot of big breakthrough acts, which is why they probably didn't know who to put on the show. And uh, half the hip hop guys hate them because Drake has been nominated fifty five times and won five awards. Like that's insane.
1: Yeah, one of the biggest artists of the past two decades, and yeah, and a lot of the hip hop guys know it. So it's a mutual disdain, I think. (laughs) And
0: even Jay-Z, like, yes, he commented on Beyonce, but Jay-Z has won a bunch of Grammys. He's won 24. He's tied with Beyonce, I think, for the most nominations ever, like 88. Neither one of them have ever won any of those top four awards. And that's been the thing with the Grammys, is that they never give hip-hop acts, album of the year, record of the year, song of the year. And when they do, it's often for... Something that's like a little more palatable to the mainstream, like uh, Outkast, Speakerbox, Love Below, amazing album, but maybe not as interesting or innovative as something like Stanconio
1: or Aquemini. And uh, Harry Styles beat Beyonce last year. Let's just note that. Are there any diversity stats for the Recording Academy membership? They've been
0: on a big push in recent years, like the the Motion Picture Academy, to inject more diversity and more young people, which is why I think you've seen the winners and the nominees change. Because, you know, wake of the Me Too movement and around and 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 Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and all of that, they've definitely had to to change the tune. It's also one of the reasons why they replaced the head of the recording academy. It was oh, Neil Among Porn. other nope. reasons. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's move on to number five on my list. And that's the Sphere. Sphere had a nice commercial during the show last night. U2 was in Vegas. They they kind of had a weird like performance-slash-clip cut-in for the Sphere. And it was an interesting moment because this morning, the Sphere released their quarterly earnings, and the earnings were up. They had about $315 million in revenue last quarter, which was a beat of what they were supposed to do. And they had uh, more than $50 million in adjusted operating income. So the Sphere fulfilling its promise. I'm bullish on the sphere. Are you on the payroll? I'm not on the payroll. I had a fantastic experience at the sphere. I, they did not pay for my tickets. I bought my own tickets and went to the sphere for you 2 I'm a believer. I know that they are not making money overall because they had a charge for this London project that they had to abandon because nobody wants a giant glowing sphere in their neighborhood, which I don't blame them. But they are going to grow overseas. Dolan on the earnings call said that they are in talks with several locations for overseas spheres. You're talking but,
0: Vegas. You got to go to like Macau, Singapore. It's yeah. the perfect. It's the perfect venue for somewhere in the Middle East, like Abu Dhabi. Totally.
1: You got to have a place that can fill eighteen thousand people, and is fine to your
0: point with there being advertisements on the outside glowing all the time.
1: All the time. Yes, it is the <laughs> definition of an eyesore. But in Vegas, makes perfect sense. No, I think it was a nice moment for the Sphere on the show because it is the most interesting thing right now in the live entertainment world, whether this orb can be successful around the world. And the Dolans have invested so much money. It's funny, the Sphere as a company is like half of it is Sphere's. And the other half is their like garbage RSN sports business that still throws off a lot of profits, but is obviously very challenged.
0: Yeah. Look, it made a lot of sense to have it as part of the show. It's been probably the, 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 the biggest new venue and the biggest new story in live music of the last year, other than the sort of Taylor Swift, Beyonce kind of crazy summer of, of concerts. I didn't think the performance was all that inspired. Um, I do think it felt a little bit like a, a commercial for it, but it made a lot of sense to include it. And honestly, they should think about doing something. I, I like it sometimes when they have those performances that are outside of the venue, just because yeah. it shakes up the show a little bit.
1: Well, luckily, they didn't do it in L.A. last night. That would have been quite that an would have outside been a performance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beyonce did that on the Oscars last year. She performed like in you know in the street, a couple miles away. Uh, that was nice. I guess
0: I have to look and see who are the, the the big tours this summer. But they could do something fun with it every year. They
1: could just des- decide to put you outside. Do you see that they booked? They said on the earnings call that they are sold out for Sphere headliners for the year. They haven't announced who's going on beyond Fish and Dead and Company. Who do you think they have booked for the Sphere for later this year? I think they're going to go EDM. I think it'll be a Diplo or someone like that.
0: I think that makes more I like. I know that they were talking to Beyonce and like that got out there and then in the New York Post or something. That makes less sense to me because her show, yes, her show is sort of like a movie. Like the visuals are more interesting in some cases than what's happening on the stage. But I don't know that Beyonce wants to be contained to the, like the little stage at the sphere. Yeah. Whereas I do, to me, if you're talking about these visual experiences, you can go psychedelic, like Grateful Dead, take a bunch of mushrooms, take some acid and go and trip your balls off. Or, you're right, get a DJ. And, you know, what they're doing doesn't matter in the, anyways.
1: Well, they got to move beyond the boomer rock acts, is my point.
0: Yeah, but with a DJ, I feel like when if you go see like a you know rest in peace of Vici or like Kygo or something, you want to be able to move around and dance. Isn't most of the are yeah. like sitting in a seat? It that is. is true. A, I mean,
1: although the, gra- the the bottom floor is general admission standing. Ravers need room. They do. When Craig is that when Craig's in a groove, he needs space around him. He will not be <laughs> contained by a seat. What if you did a more
0: mellow dance act, though? Like one that was also a little psychedelic. You know who would actually be fun at that stage? No, this isn't electronic, but Tame and Paulo would be good in that venue.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. But does Tame and Paulo have the fan base to justify? You know, twenty thousand seats at a residency like that.
0: I think they could do a run like Fish, where it's four nights. I don't know that they could do two months. Hmm. I mean they they've been a they've been a headliner at major music festivals. They have a lot of fans. Yeah, it's really one guy, but I think they could pull it off for a short stint. But if they want someone who's going to anchor it like U two for months, there's not that many acts that can do that. Yeah,
1: forty shows. That's a lot. I know Coldplay. I think makes a lot of sense there.
0: Also, just a younger artist like a DJ. I just don't know if young people are going to pay for these tickets.
1: The, the high prices. Yeah. I mean, yeah. have you looked at the Super Bowl weekend prices for you, too? It is like seven thousand bucks to get in the door. I mean, Can unbelievable. I, just say,
0: I, I think I speak for everybody under, I don't know,
1: 30, 35. We're, we're all done with you, too. It's over. We need, to en- <laughs> we need to end this. Ten years ago, they forced that album on our Apple. Music. I know. Come on, listen. And, and, and it was a mistake then, they've never gone away. They're the they're they're just like the Foo Fighters. We're done. <laughs> oh, stop! That's blasphemy, man. We don't need another Foo Fighters performance. on am just I'm
0: I'm just glad the Foo Fighters aren't winning rock album at the Grammys every year anymore because
1: yeah. they over. didn't put anything out. Trust me, they put something out. It's getting nominated. And they'll probably win. <laughs> All right, so Lucas, overall. Did the Grammys win this year? Yeah,
0: they got the winners mostly right. They put on a good show. Even social media seemed to be behind them. Some folks thought it was a little boring. It was two, three and a half hours is long. If They could cut it down to three. That would be
1: nice. I heard a little backlash from the industry this morning about Jerry Moss, who was the co-founder of A&M Records, and he died this year, did not get recognized at the show. Huge figure in the music business and others, obviously like Jay-Z, Clarence Avant got very specific shout outs. So I heard a little bit of, of scuttle about that. Um, the Taylor moment, I think, was universally kind of eye-rolled within the industry. Like, really? You know, she needs to do this. But overall, I think the show was good. I think Ben Winston does a nice job with this. They should bring him back. All right, that's it. No call sheet today, as I mentioned. Craig's hot take on the Foo Fighters is way hot enough for a call sheet. I want to thank Lucas Shaw for coming on from Bloomberg. I want to thank producer Craig Horlbeck. I want to thank our editor, Jesse Lopez. I want to thank you. We will see you later this week. This
2: episode is brought to you by State Farm.